We want to welcome you to the Bible teaching ministry of Fellowship Bible Church, where our desire is to honor God by faithful obedience to His Word. If you want to understand the Bible better, please continue to listen. You can reach us with questions or for more teaching audio and print material at our website, fbcaa.org. You can also watch our services live at fbcaa.org live. We want to thank you for listening and pray that you will be edified. We are super glad to have Jeremy and Damaris Dodeler here with their kids. And uh, you all remember their names, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Becky does because she had a session last night with them. So, yeah, so we have Adam, we have Abel, and we have Anthony. And these are fine young fellows. He's looking around like, who is he talking about? <laughs> Yeah, some other guy. Must be. Can't be talking about me. <laughs> so it's good to see you all again this morning. God bless you. Let me have a prayer, and then I'm going to invite Jeremy to come. He has a video, 15 minutes or so, to share with us, and then he can go until 1030, 1035. Uh, welcome to those of you that are online. I'll just give a quick explanation. Uh, during the video, you will be able to hear the audio, but you will not be able to see the pictures, and that is by design. Um, just to uh, make sure that we're not showing pictures of people that haven't given permission to have their picture to be shown. So um, across the Internet, that is. But in any case, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the waking grace that you granted to us this morning. Thank you that uh, Jeremy and Damaris and their boys can be here with us today. Although our stay, uh, their stay with us will be brief, we know that it will be profitable, and we're looking forward to their uh, video, to the report, updates, uh, Q&A, uh, preaching later this morning in the morning worship service, and uh, would you just watch over our service today. Thank you for each and every one who's come out. We pray that you'd bring some others as well to join us this morning. Thank you for the young people, and I pray they will be engaged and interested in learning a little bit more about a nation that maybe they don't know much about, and um, especially the spiritual needs of that place in France. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Jeremy, please come. And God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Well, good morning, everyone. It is a pleasure for us to be uh, with you. Last time we were here was about nine years ago during our first furlough. And uh, normally we should have been back in 2020, but with COVID and all that, it made things a little bit more complicated for us to travel. So we've been back on furlough since the end of May. And uh, we've been visiting some of our supporting churches as well as some new ones, uh, trying to raise additional support. And God has been good. And uh, we uh, have been uh, able to increase our support by 6%. And uh, we thank God for that. And we ask you to pray about that, that uh, other churches will uh, take us on as well. But we, uh, we are glad to be here and to be able to share about what God has been doing in France, uh, in our lives as well. And uh, the video you're about to see will present the country of France, give you a spiritual background of the country of France, and then also well, present our family a little bit. Uh, our boys uh, have grown up, and, uh, well, I think this is the first time you meet Anthony, as, at least. Uh, yeah, I think that is uh, the case. And uh, so just give you a little bit of information about us. But then present also the ministries that the Lord has called us to uh, serve him in France. And so at the end, you'll have a few prayer requests as well. 
But once the video is done, if you have any questions that you might have about the country, about the ministry there, uh, we'll have a time of question and answer. So please don't hesitate to ask your questions. Let's go ahead and show the presentation, please. Thank you. When asked about France, most people will share one or several stereotypes about the country or its people. These usually pinpoint one or several cultural or touristic aspects such as the beautiful sceneries, arts, food, castles and palaces, Paris and the Eiffel Tower. Some might even have a more political perspective. I could certainly spend a long time talking about all these subjects, but our purpose through this video is to share with you the spiritual needs of this country and to present our ministry there. France, land known for centuries as the eldest daughter of the Catholic Church, home of 95 cathedrals and 42,000 church buildings, land where crucifixes can still be found at crossroads in the countryside, land one would easily conclude to be a Catholic stronghold. Yet, this is no longer the case. The French religious spectrum has changed quite drastically. A recent survey concerning faith revealed that in a population of 68 million souls, only 37% believe in God, 31% claim to be atheist, 15% are agnostic, while the rest of the population is indifferent to spiritual matters. Though the shift from Catholicism is greater than ever, there are yet 48% of French people who still declare to be Catholic following family tradition rather than conviction. Muslims represent 8% of the population. 3% of French people profess to be Protestant, and 1% declare Judaism as their faith. Another recent survey showed that of those claiming to be religious, only 14% declared to have at least one monthly religious activity. Though the number of evangelical churches has tripled in the last 45 years, only 1% of the French population claims to be evangelical. It is estimated that 40,000 French people are Baptist. However, only 0.015% of them are independent. This is the spiritual situation of the country the Lord has called us to bring light to. Bonjour. We are Jeremy and Damaris Daudelaire, and we have been serving the Lord in France as missionaries since 2010, after being sent by First Baptist Church of Rochelle, Illinois, through Baptist World Mission. Both Damaris and I were born and brought up in France, making French our first language. Our parents have been faithfully serving Christ there as missionaries for over 50 years. We are so grateful for our parents' testimonies and spiritual legacy, which continues to guide our own lives and ministry. We hope and pray this would also be the case for our children. God has given us three wonderful boys, Adam, Abel, and Anthony, who are a very special blessing to us. Adam is 16 years old. He is currently enrolled in an American section at the Amiens High School. It is a special international program where French students are taught several classes in English, concentrating on American history, literature, and culture. He enjoys reading and anything related to electronics. Abel is 10 and full of energy. He loves running and playing outside, taking things apart and trying to rebuild them. He plays the trumpet and has even taught himself how to play the ukulele by watching online videos. He has now taken upon himself to learn how to play the guitar. Anthony is 6. 
He is our little clown. He loves going to school, riding his bicycle, and playing with his big brothers. Our main ministry in France has been to reach the people of Amiens with the gospel of Christ and to establish a local church there. It has not been easy, but by God's grace and with the help of our faithful co-workers Carrie and Susan Abbott, the light of Christ is shining brighter. Located in the Haute-France region, Amiens and its suburbs is the home of 182,000 souls. Though surrounded by rural communities, Amiens is quite an active town, home of the largest cathedral in France and of the Jules Verne University. For many years, our church meetings took place at our co-workers' house. By God's grace, we finally found a commercial space in Amiens and began renting it in November of 2019. Situated in downtown Amiens, close to the pedestrian area, on the same street as the museum, the public library, and several local government buildings, this facility has been instrumental in making new contacts and even bringing other believers to join our church. However, before opening the building for services, we had to make important renovations to meet the safety and accessibility requirements. Though we were slowed down by COVID, we achieved all the required changes and were able to open our meeting place to the public. On Sunday, July 11th of 2021, we rejoiced and praised God as we had our first worship service there. Since then, we've had over 50 visitors attend our services. While we've never seen again some of these visitors, we are thankful for those who have been coming back regularly and for those who have since joined our congregation. Emily was among the first visitors once our new facility opened. She's a believer from Ireland who came to Amiens to teach English at the Jules Verne University. She has since joined our church as a member and has taken a more active part. Ridion and Amélie started coming to our church towards the end of 2021. They both grew up as Jehovah's Witnesses. They trusted the Lord after viewing online sermons from a preacher in the United States. After moving out of Paris, they searched for a church to attend and found ours. With their two boys, they drive over an hour to attend our services. They were the first believers with our son Adam to be baptized in our new building. Rebecca is a student at the Jules Verne University. She's a believer from Haiti. She first came to our church on a Sunday morning. She actually was looking for an Assembly of God church, which was located on the street behind ours, but couldn't find it as it had moved to another location. She saw our storefront window, stepped in, and has been coming ever since. She has started learning to play the piano with the Maris and has already performed a few music specials for our services. Estaniela is from French Guiana and is also a university student who has been coming regularly. Nadia and her daughter Anne are believers who started coming to our church last summer. Please pray for the salvation of Nadia's husband Jean-Marc, who came to our church for the first time in March of this year. Lamy is a believer from Ethiopia. He and his son Dursa have been coming periodically. Gregory, the man with the red sweater, started coming to our church last year in April. He is a very emotionally unstable man who lost his mother to COVID last year. Because of his mental problems, he has been rejected by the rest of his family for many years. Please pray for him to understand God's grace and love, and for him to come to salvation. Attendance can vary a lot, but if all regular attendees were there at the same time, we would be around 20 people or more. 
Our outreach efforts in this ministry have been oriented towards personal witnessing, youth activities, and organizing special events such as the Bible Expo. In October of 2022, nearly 40 visitors crossed the threshold of our premises to take advantage of this week-long exhibition presenting the history and the message of the Bible. We've also created a website presenting God's Word and offering the possibility to receive a free Bible along with some Christian literature. This was initially set up as an evangelistic tool for our area of France, but throughout the years it has had a greater impact and we have been able to send over 800 Bibles to people across the country since 2016. As only 37% of French people own a Bible and only 28% of them read it occasionally, you can appreciate how important this part of our ministry has become. Please pray with us that through this instrument people would be led to Christ. This last April, we also organized our first VBS in our new meeting place. Though attendance was minimal, we were greatly encouraged by the participation of several church people in activities and by providing snacks for the children. We certainly have so much to praise God for in His work in Amiens. We ask you to please pray with us for more opportunities to share the gospel and for our little assembly to grow and to glow spiritually. The second part of our ministry in France has been to serve at the IBBL along with my parents, Bernard and Bernice Daudelaire. This Bible Institute has trained servants for the ministry in France and in other French-speaking countries since 1969. Its faculty, composed of French pastors and American missionaries in France, gave the students the needed spiritual and practical training. I have served in this ministry in various administrative functions and taught several courses since 2001. However, in 2022, after 53 years of training believers for the ministry, and after many prayers and consideration, it was decided to close the IBBL due to the lack of enrollment. Over the decades, many servants of God were trained there and have had a meaningful impact in France and in other countries for which we praise the Lord. The final aspect of our ministry in France is one that is dear to us, youth camps. Under the leading of my father-in-law, Tim Knickerbocker, Camp Rainbow was founded in 1980. Through the generosity of American believers, an old farm with spacious land was then acquired in the south of France near the Pyrenees Mountains. After a long period of renovation work, the first camp session took place in 1987 on this property. While the Pyrenees area offered a picturesque location, it was decided after prayerful considerations and discussions to move the camp to a more centralized area of France. In August of 2011, the Lord opened the doors for the purchase of two large buildings in La Rode, a small village in Auvergne, a region known for its inactive volcanoes and natural spring water. Though important renovations were still needed, camp sessions were allowed as tents and rental cabins were used to accommodate the campers and the personnel. In 2020, after years of hard work and perseverance, with the help of volunteers and benefactors, the main building was finally up to code and received the authorities' approval to be entirely used. Though Camp Rainbow started with only 10 teenage campers, it has grown over the years and can now welcome up to 200 people through seven weeks of camp. The youth camp sessions welcome juniors and teens at the same time for two weeks in July and in August. The Maris usually teaches Bible lessons to the juniors in the morning and helps where needed during the day. I typically teach Bible studies to the teens in the morning, but also regularly preach to either groups in the evening. Over the years, we have enjoyed serving the Lord there alongside Tim and Elizabeth Knickerbocker, in 2022, the management of the campsite was transferred to the mayor's sister, Sephora Livingstone. 
Her husband, Andrew, pastors a church nearby and helps a lot with all the handiwork, but most importantly, he also preaches for some of the camp's services. Our goal through Camp Rainbow is to reach the youth with the gospel of Christ and to equip them to live a strong spiritual life as they face an overwhelming pressure from this world. Through sound preaching and relatable Bible studies, we strive to help them build their convictions on the Word of God, but also to encourage them to love and to serve God. We rejoice for the decisions which were made during camp last summer. Axel, our son Abel's friend from school, was able to come to camp last summer where he trusted Christ as his Savior. This gave us more opportunities to witness to his parents, Eric and Marie. Axel wanted to go back to camp this summer, but there was no more room left. So we prayed about it. Then, in May, we received news from camp that a place had opened up. Axel will finally be able to go. Please pray for him to learn more about the Lord and to grow spiritually. We also rejoice that Emily, the young lady from our church, volunteered to be a teens counselor for the July camp. Though we serve in a difficult field, we rejoice for what the Lord has done in and through our lives. To see that there are people who realize that there is something deeply wrong with this world and who are looking for answers, to be able to share the hope we have found in Jesus Christ is worth all the efforts. We thus ask you to pray for us as we serve the Lord in France. Pray for spiritual protection over our children. Pray for the salvation of other regular visitors, such as Romain, whose struggles are preventing him to come to Christ. Pray for us to have more wisdom, patience, and love in our interactions with him and others. Please pray for the salvation of several personal contacts we have and of those who have received a free Bible through our website. We are extremely grateful for the faithful prayers and the financial support we receive from many churches and from believers in the United States. This has been and continues to be a tremendous help for us in our ministry in France, but also for our family. However, due to the increase of ministry expenses and to the economic situation in France causing a significant increase of the costs of living, we had to readjust our budget and are thus seeking additional support. Please pray with us for the Lord to continue to provide. We thank you for taking the time to view this video. We hope it has helped you understand more about the spiritual needs in France and about the ministry the Lord has given us. Que le Seigneur vous bénisse. Our family uh, wants to thank you for uh, your faithful prayers throughout the years and your generosity helping us to serve the Lord there in France. And we uh, certainly appreciate uh, the warm welcome that we've received this morning. And uh, we invite you, of course, to go uh, see our display table. You'll find our uh, newest prayer cards. I already took care of the old ones that I saw in the hallway there on the table over there. Replace them with the new ones, but uh, if you want to take one with you, that will help you to uh, be reminded to pray for us and for the ministry there in Amiens. Do you have any questions that you'd like to ask? Yes. Okay, our support level right now is at 76%. So because of you know, inflation and other things, we had to readjust our budget this year. And so that brought us back down uh, quite a bit. Uh, but uh, with uh, the new support we've received from uh, churches we visited this summer, uh, we're back at 76% now. Yes.
How do we break the barriers of Catholicism? You have to realize that, of course, most people are going to use that as an excuse not to listen to you uh, because, quite frankly, they have nothing to do with Catholicism anymore. They were baptized as babies. They don't go to church. The only times they go to church is for weddings and funerals, pretty much, and maybe some baptisms. Uh, so for, for most people, you have to understand that most people in France are in a very secular mindset, have a very negative opinion of religion in general. And so when you do have the possibility to share the gospel with someone who uh, is still, I would say, attached to the Catholic faith, uh, of course you're always going to have the same questions that are going to come up, same debates, and I think it's important for us to to stick to the essential and to show them, because a lot of them don't even know the Bible that well. And so it's to show them through <laughs> the Gospel of John, through Romans and other passages about <laughs> grace, the grace of God, uh, and that being the, the key to our salvation, and then repentance uh, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, because for all people, it's always about what you do, what you accomplish. And so for Catholics, it's always that. It's, you know, what you do. I was baptized, and you do good things, and you should be fine. Uh, so it's really bringing them back to what the gospel says and for them to see that for themselves. Uh, but then that's true for any other people. If you're going to meet some people of Muslim background or Jewish background, whatever background it is, uh, it's always coming back to presenting them who Christ is, what he's done, and what is the gospel. Um, but, because otherwise, I mean, you can spend hours debating of, you know, theology and doctrinal differences and things like that. And, you know, that's just, I'd say, a starting point. I, I believe that in evangelism, you, you have to sow the seed of the gospel. But then there's also a time where you're going to be uh, doing some apologetics, you know, defending what the Bible says. And that's, you know, helping. That's, you know, watering for the people to eventually come to know Christ. Yes? Interesting. Some of you from your church, your congregation, outside of France. Mm -hmm. And that just shows my point that most people in France are not interested in religion. And so, yes, we have a greater opening with people from <laughs> other backgrounds, from other countries and other culture who are coming to France. And uh, that's, you know, very uh, widespread. When you go to churches in France, that's what you'll see. You'll see people from various ethnicities, different cultures, languages, which makes it really interesting and delicious for fellowship meals. Yes. Well, yes, most people in France will have studied English. That does not mean that they're going to be talking it. Some will understand, but a lot of them are just too shy. Uh, and, you know, a language, if you don't practice it, you lose it quickly. Uh, but in the French schooling system, you have to study two foreign languages. You start in sixth grade, and then eighth grade, you choose a second foreign language to study. So most, most people will have had English and Spanish. That's the two most common languages that are studied. Yes? Is there any open opposition to the 
Well, I don't see like open opposition. It's a little trickier than that. You know, it's just, you know, laws that are being passed, making things more difficult for those who do follow the law uh, because, you know, some, some of the laws that they've passed recently is in reaction to what they've seen with uh, Islamic schools in France and some of the mosques and finances coming from foreign countries like Saudi Arabia. And so they've reinforced some of the laws regarding how uh, religious groups receive money and things like that. So it's just these, these things that are making it more difficult, especially for small churches like ours. Uh, we have to uh, adapt uh, the way we do things. Uh, for accounting and things like that. Now they want a, like a pretty much a professional presentation of finances, and so we, we have to adapt to that. But uh, I don't see like from the government any open opposition, you know, because France uh, is still considered the country of freedom, and uh, the separation of church and state from 1905 uh, is still in <laughs> in action. So there's. There's little that they really can do, uh, but we know that eventually it will come to a point where we lose more and more freedoms, uh, but we've got to take advantage of the ones we have right now as as much as possible. Um, I'd say the opposition would come from people who are very aggravated with uh, religion or sometimes, you know, from other religious groups, uh, people from Muslim backgrounds. Uh, there will be some opposition there and some difficulties sometimes, yes. Not for us, but, I mean, we we are in the streets where, as you saw in the presentation, you have local government buildings, so we're rather safe in that street. Uh, anytime they have protests, they close that street down. Nobody can go through. Uh, so, you know, that's a, that's a blessing. But we know of other churches who, have, who are in difficult neighborhoods, and they've had some opposition there and some difficulties as well. Yes? Well, during COVID, uh, we had uh, three lockdowns, and the first one was the strictest of all. Everybody had to stay home. And it was really in case of emergencies that you could go out or to purchase uh, necessary items, you know, groceries and things like that. But as far as churches, it was not just churches. Every religious groups, they had to close their buildings during the lockdowns. Uh, So there too, I mean, we did not see that as an opposition against Christianity because it affected everybody. Yes. Yes, and, and that's what I always say. That was one of the difficulties as well, is that uh, in France at that time, when the our school was still open, uh, you had four independent Baptist schools in France, and pretty much all located in the northern part of the country. Um, so right now, there are still uh, three schools that are open. One is a very, very small one. It's like inside a church. Uh, and then the two other ones, uh, one, they pretty much do everything online now. 
and you know they have probably 20 some people taking courses but maybe two or three who are really serious about being in the ministry uh, and then you have another school which is in northeastern France and they've, they've done pretty well throughout the years and I think this year they have probably eight or ten students uh, studying there yeah hmm Yes, and then, then, yeah, pray for more laborers and for more young people to answer God's call. All right. No other questions? Yes. Okay, yes. Well, we always, you know, if there's a possibility for people to, to come to France for short mission trips and things like that, uh, of course, there are always ways you know, to help uh, missionaries there. Uh, but if you don't know the language, that makes things a little bit more complicated uh, and limited uh, for, for us in our church, for instance. It would be probably just, you know, giving out tracts, putting them in mailboxes and things like that. Um, but then we always have many possibilities to come and help at camp during the summer. Uh, if you're a young person interested in missions, uh, that's always a, a good uh, way to know about the country, to meet people, to meet young believers, to see the needs there. And you can help you know, in different areas. There's always ne- help needed in the kitchen or in other things and some work renovation things like that that can still be done and every every summer we have we have people uh, coming from the states and uh, helping there at camp yeah yes it's more like in the cent- south central part of france and uh it's about six and a half hours of driving yeah And mostly because we try to avoid Paris, so we just go around a little bit. Because, you know, the, the amount of time that we just drive around Paris is pretty much what you're going to be losing in traffic jams anyways, and you enjoy the beautiful sceneries of the countryside. But, yeah. Yes. So you grew up, you were like, uh, with your parents Mm-hmm. Oh, I would say it was very, very progressive. You know, uh, it was during uh, a camp summer uh, when I was 13 years old. And during those two weeks, you know, through the teachings and preachings, uh, that I understood that God wanted me to serve him. And at that point, I really did not know what exactly uh, so it was very progressive. And during my teen years, uh, it was rather difficult spiritually because my parents have moved from a, a different area of France to the Paris area. And so it was complicated for me being uh, in a small church with no other teens. I was the only one there. Uh, so I would say that during those years, uh, I pretty much walked away from, from God. And then... 
after after high school, uh, while my parents wanted every of their children to uh, study at least one year in a Bible school, so that's how I ended up at the Bible Institute that very first year. And so one year became two, then three, and graduated from the school. And at that point, uh, I was still not ready, I would say, to uh, fully accept God's will for my life. I spent some time here in the States and went back to France to do my military service. And after that uh, is probably when I started to see more of the needs that existed, uh, seeing my parents uh, struggling, because at that time uh, my parents were taking care of two churches plus the Bible Institute. Uh, and so I started helping with the churches, uh, with the youth groups, and at the school, uh, doing a bit of uh, work in the office. And then eventually one of the teachers uh, was called to go to Ivory Coast and left for Ivory Coast, and so they needed somebody to teach some of the courses. So that's how I started teaching there. And then uh, after, after a few years, uh, even though I was involved in all these ministries, I still felt that there was something more, something else that God wanted me to uh, serve him in. And so during a uh, winter camp that several churches organized in northeastern France, uh, that's when God really made it clear uh, for us as to what we were supposed to do and where we were supposed to go. Uh, during that week, uh, our co-workers, Carrie and Susan, were there, and we were helping them with the juniors, uh, uh, junior services in the evening. Uh, my father-in-law was there. He was a special speaker for the week. And then my, uh, my co-worker's parents were also there, but his parents were uh, on, uh, on the leave. They were going back to the States to take care uh, of my co-worker's grandmother. And uh, so during that week, I just had this thought that came through my mind. What would it be like to work with Carrie and Susan in the church planting ministry? So that's pretty specific there already. But I didn't pay too much attention to that thought until a few days later. One evening, my father-in-law, before the service, comes up to us, and he tells us, well, I need to talk to you about, uh, about your future. I have something I'd like to, to suggest to you, I'd like for you to consider this, but we don't have time to talk right now. Is it okay if we talk after the service? And I said, Sure. And as he walked away, I turned around to Damaris, and I told her, I know exactly what your dad wants us to consider. And so she was surprised, of course. Oh, yeah, what is that? <laughs> so I shared with her that thought I had. And I told her, you know, I don't want this being your dad pushing us in that direction. If this is truly God's will, Carrie and Susan Abbott will talk to us about this. And so that evening after the junior church service, uh, we were just hanging around with uh, Carrie and Susan talking about different things. And just like that, Carrie said, well, you know, there's two, two, I mean, we, we, there's one pastor in southern France that we would feel very comfortable working with, but you and Damaris, we'd have no problem working with you guys. And so I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, and like... Did you? Did my father-in-law talk to you? <laughs> uh, and he said no. And so then I, I shared with him that thought uh, we had. So we discussed this and prayed about it. And then a few minutes later, my father-in-law comes in the room. Oh, you're all there. Good. I need to talk to all four of you. I'm like, no, you don't need to. <laughs> what? 
Uh, and so from that point on, you know, knowing precisely where God wants you to be, that's where and when we decided, well, we need to uh, join a mission, uh, mission agency and uh, seek support and come back to France to serve the Lord. And so we've been working with the abbots ever since, and we thank God for that. It's, it's really a very special blessing to be able to have co-workers, but not only that, Faithful co-workers, co-workers who are in the same uh, line as you are, uh, it's pretty rare. And, you know, God's grace uh, on us throughout the years to have such co-workers, it's just, it's just amazing to us. Because you, you have to realize, like, for instance, right now, and you can pray for Karen and Susan. Well, we're towards the end of our furlough, but you can still pray for them as they are taking care of the church there. And, you know, summertime is quite difficult because a lot of people are gone on vacation, and so it's pretty empty. But he's still there and welcoming people and uh, doing uh, the, the work there for the Lord. Uh, but... To have somebody who is there to replace you when you are in furlough is very important. Many missionaries across the world, uh, they go for furloughs. And we do short furloughs for that purpose, too. But some missionaries, they have to take six months, sometimes 12 months of furloughs. And when they're done with furlough and they go back to their country, they have to start everything over again because people have left uh, and even if they had somebody to, to replace them, like a furlough uh, replacement uh, missionary, uh, there are more and more of these. But uh, some, some missionaries that we know, uh, that's what happened. They, they came back from furlough, and, well, most of the people were gone. Uh, and so it, it, it is really a blessing to, to have people such as Carrie and Susan to, to help us in the ministry, and we help them. I mean, our, our vision was to help them, and they're helping us as well. And the other blessing is that, you know, when you're in the ministry, I, I know a lot of churches and Christians tend to make uh, missionaries look like superheroes of the faith, which we're not. Okay, we're just like any regular <laughs> believer. Uh, but there are times in the ministry where discouragement can hit you. And that was a blessing to have coworkers who, when we feel discouraged, they encourage us. When they're a bit discouraged, we can encourage them. And that, that is really, really a blessing uh, for, for us to, to have these, uh, to work with us and serve the Lord with us. I think time is up. It's 10.30. That's what Pastor told me. So I really appreciate your questions. But if you have more questions, don't hesitate to come and speak to us uh, after the, the service or whenever there's a break. Uh, feel free to, to speak to us or even ask our children some questions, too. They enjoy that, especially Adam. He is such an extrovert. <laughs> That's a dad joke there. But uh, let's pray and then uh, finish uh, this uh, Sunday school hour. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time you've given us to uh, be with our brothers and sisters here. And uh, thank you for their faithfulness uh, to you and to our family throughout the years. And Lord, we ask you to, to bless each and every one this morning. We ask you to uh, work in our lives, Lord, that this morning each and every one of us would have an open heart to listen to your word and to be encouraged uh, to, to live for you each and every day, to, to be a, a light in this world of darkness wherever we may be. And Lord, we, uh, we thank you again for this time this morning together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.